Welcome back to the Gooch, episode 30. 30 episodes of the Gooch. It's been 30. You made well, it this yes. long. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. So, well, uh, quite the ride. I've been uh, watching the stats. We keep getting more listeners, more people hitting that Facebook page. Nice. Uh, more love out there. And this is just organic and free. Yeah. Like, we haven't invested a cent into this, so... Uh, we really appreciate, you know, all of the, uh, all of the support. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just, I just noticed that uh, when I'm talking, the light isn't going up a lot there. Does that mean something? Or <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just curious. Evan's now suddenly wanting what to become that? the sound guy. No, I'm Adam, just... are, are we gonna then debate today? <sighs> oh, no, you... <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. Now you're doing it. Yeah, there. I was just, I was just like, is that recording? Because I've done. Uh... See now, now oh, that's mine. Uh, I think oh, it looks good. I see, I see. Nice. <laughs> okay. No, I was just, I was just curious how this stuff go. works. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, and definitely thanks for sticking through the inconsistencies too. Last oh, week yeah. again, we I missed one. Uh, my daughter was homesick, so again, we yeah. don't inv- we haven't invested anything, but we're also not making anything. So we uh, we put life ahead of of the podcast uh, when it has to. Oh, yeah. of course. But uh, we'll always come back. We'll we come we back. all got full time jobs and yeah, you know, we're families always, and stuff. And so. We got plenty of other content. There's probably a video out there you haven't listened to. Yep. Find a find a cool title. Yeah, uh, we've yeah. done MK Ultra. We've done, you know, climate change cruises. All the specials. And if you haven't if you haven't touched on ones like MK Ultra because you're like, ah, oh, conspiracy theories. Why would they talk about that? Well, it's because that one, although it is a conspiracy theory, some conspiracies are true. That one is true, straight up true. Yep. Um. But yeah, we're gonna talk about not a conspiracy, but uh, definitely a potential horrible outcome today, and. Uh, we kind of want to just supply chain shortages. Yeah, so global supply chain shortages, and it... I think specifically in a lot of cases. I mean, I want to focus more on the food side of things. We were talking about animal law uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and that ties directly in. But also just preparing for what what the Canadian Food Bank says is going to be one of the biggest spikes in dependency on food banks in Canadian history. Um, right now, one in five Canadians are food insecure. They're, they don't know where their meals are coming from. That's, that's insane. So we have to really be looking out for one people. in five, one in five. So 20%. So, uh, I mean, you look around you, there's a good chance that someone next to you is struggling with food. So, yeah. I mean, that, that, that puts an onus on, on a lot of people, but on your own individual level, we can prepare. We can do things defensively yep. um, in terms of, you know, stacking goods. We can, uh, we can make sure that we don't waste. We eat all the leftovers. I know it's not what you want to have right now, but food is fuel, and we have to think of it a little bit more utilitarian mm-hmm. sometimes. I, I'm i a guilty lover of the Food Network. It's one of my favorite things to watch. I It's pretty much the only reason I have cable is the show Big Brother and Food Network Uh, and hockey. I actually, just uh, just a little quick little shout out. They're not sponsoring us or nothing. But uh, Telus gave me a call the other day. Yeah. They added Netflix, a whole bunch of shit, two channel packs, 150 channels, two HD fucking 4K boxes. Yeah. 16 bucks a month. Yeah, that's because Shaw's been going around and saying that they, because Shaw now has their, uh, um, what are those little cables? Fiber optics. Fiber optics, yeah. yeah so they have fiber. We've got fiber here, too. Oh, oh, you have Telus fiber. Yeah. Oh, see, Telus fiber's not in my neighborhood, and it's what I had in Kamloops. It's so fucking slow right now. I hate it. Oh, but this I is... pay nothing. I pay 100 bucks a month for cable and internet. So. Oh, that's not bad. I yeah. mean, I, I pay uh, probably 160 but yeah. that's for the home security system, the uh, now the cable. Uh, which comes with Netflix, Amazon Prime, and I pretty well sweet talked the guy into giving me Disney Plus because nice. I was like, "Oh, can I get Disney Plus?" And he's like, "No, we don't offer it, sir." I was like, "Well, you got to figure it out, otherwise you're gonna lose this sale, man." It was funny when the guy called oh my me. God. My wife was sitting right at the couch. She hates it. She fucking hates it. But it was the best. Uh, the guy calls me and he's just like, "Oh yeah, I'm just calling you from Telus today. Reason for the call." And I'm like, oh, "I'm gonna stop you right there. You hit me with the Jordan Belfort, aren't you?" And he's like. Yes, uh, we watch those every morning. How did you know? And I was like, oh, I uh, work at a car dealership. And, you know, I, I use Jordan Belfort and, you know, several other, you know, uh, trainers like Grant Cardone, uh, Tom Hopkins, Joe Verdi. Like, there's a lot of sales training. But it was funny. I nailed, like, exactly what he was using. And then, uh, yeah, I just, I just put them together. They gave me all that stuff, 16 bucks a month more. And they gave you $150 bill credit. So, realistically, I'm not paying for it till next year nice yeah so i was like that's a win 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited for the fiber optic. Uh, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm, my, my ADD is pretty great today. Uh, I know we were talking about the, uh, food we're shortage. talking about food shortages and how people are going to go hungry and you're like, how about I flex on my cable package for a bit here? No, I just, I just, kidding. yeah, man, no, oh, I, man, can, no, I just know you're, you're, we, both of our minds trail pretty quickly. So yeah, I get just, it. just excited. I mean, uh, I, I think the 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 intelligent thing to do right now would be um essentially what 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 China's done unfortunately um they've literally warned their citizens of a food shortage yep and everyone there's stacking and that's only going to lead to more shortages here because two things are going to happen whenever a government you know challenges its citizens to be more self-sufficient generally a lot of citizens don't want to participate in the system uh, yeah. You know, the intelligent ones generally say, okay, this is a huge red flag. Fuck it. You know, I don't need to go to work. But I think that one of, one of the interesting things is that there's a huge opportunity here in Canada um, because we're so fucking inefficient when it comes to how we ship food, when we transport food. So, like, on a global level, we're we're embarrassing when it comes to how bad we are. We waste almost 30% of the food. Like, one in three pounds of food that is produced in Canada is wasted. And... Uh, a lot of the time it doesn't even make it to the grocery store first it just it's wasted in transportation and it's all about supply chain lockdown and this is all about concentration of power right like when you only have a handful of of meat plants and dairy plants and dairy farms that are shipping things they're they're going to want to concentrate it all into one factory so that they can make as much production as possible out of one zone without having to pay for the land and the taxes in other areas so these corporations have basically reduced their footprint in order to profit and now it's killing their supply chain but also it's killing their efficiency which is also killing plants and animals uh for nothing uh it's incredibly wasteful i think it's insanely unethical um and we're talking like in in the billions of pounds of of uh food every year so it was i think it was 1.4 billions uh billion pounds of food is wasted every year in canada so there's there's actually solutions internally and even capitalistic solutions internally where these truckers who are out of jobs right now are struggling to make ends meet can actually self-incorporate and start aiding some of these companies that need shipping and we can then potentially get these farmers who have been out of work to start operations again we would need subsidies for it and some incentives but we need more local growth we need we need less reliance on cross-country stuff and we need more local governance we need farmers markets to step up hardcore and we got to support these guys so i think there's a I think the other hand, uh, the other hand of that is that they need to price their things accordingly to the market. Because when you go to a farmer's market, you pay a shitload more, and you shouldn't have to. I mean, there should be some subsidies or something to help these businesses out. Um, instead I never of found these I, I paid massive more at the businesses. Pardon? I never found I paid more at the farmer's market. I mean, mm. for for like pastries and stuff, like pre, like yeah, I definitely paid more than I if I go to the bakery. For I don't know why yeah. the brick and mortar should be charging me more, but but like veggies, I always got on a good deal. Well, yeah, like, I'm not talking like vegetables and stuff. I'm talking about like their handmade goods and all that other stuff. Too, yeah, but those right? are like, also the extras, right? Yeah, like, that's yeah. the shit that we don't. I mean, right now we don't. But ideally, I mean, if you take a step back from what you're talking about, it's not just the supply chains on food that need to be more localized. No, you're right. right? So there needs to be more localized, you know, tailors. There needs to be more localized clothing manufacturers. Just because industry the in amount general. of waste, like we're talking about food, I'm going to put it on clothing. H&M made a business out of making, you know, fast fashion is what they call it. Yeah. So every like two weeks, three weeks or month or whatever... Uh, they change their entire store, all the shelves, all the product. Yeah. And they make the, the stuff like shit. You wear it twice and it's ripped and it's stained or you can't, the fucking button comes off. And Further to that, the, this last week they just pulled a fuckload of product off their shelves. H&M, B- Bootlegger, and all of those guys, Urban, Urban Outfitters, because of a uh, CBC Marketplace report that actually connected them to a North Korean sweatshop. <laughs> yeah, of course. So yeah. it's actually it's operated in China, but China then actually then buys North Korean slaves from the government and yeah. then it uh, forces them in labor camps to make the clothing. This so has like, been happening I, for a long time. The fashion industry, Fuck. like if you are if you're on the left and you're into fashion, then you are not on the left. No, you're not. You're just you are uh, unbelievably you probably drink of understanding what's going and, on and you know live with your parents and think you're a left wing. You know what's funny though? Starbucks arbiter. chocolate. 
fair trade. Couldn't do shit for their coffee, but their chocolate is fair trade. Wow. But their baked How goods are made in China. How is their coffee not fair trade? Their baked goods are made in China. Yeah. Their baked oh. goods are made in China and shipped over. Is that over. why they had to c- uh, close all the stores during the pandemic? Because they couldn't get the uh, product I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't, I don't you know. You know, I, I think that might be it. I, I didn't mean, know it makes sense, but I don't know. Are, yeah. So the that. cake pops are made in China. I can't confirm that that specific one. I just know that when I've looked at a lot of their stuff, it was made in China. That That's, that's <clears> hilarious. Would yeah. it not be cheaper to... Sh- Instead of shipping it all the way over here, just to fucking make it, like that's that's am the I other not, thing. Like, but this is this is the other thing. Like, you used to go to Tim Hortons when I was a kid, and they used to make the donuts yeah. in house. Yeah, now they get them oh, shipped Tim Hortons from is some... so gross now. Oh, it's disgusting. It's so it, it bad. did go downhill. Uh, I will say the sa- the breakfast sandwiches, the fresh crack egg that did. Yeah, it's changed a little thing. That did, uh, yeah, uh, that boiled for me. the boiled steam container yeah. gross <laughs> thing. Yeah. The only egg that's worse is Subway's. If you eat egg at Subway, then I don't, <laughs> I don't trust you as a person. It. I think you're a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you crack an egg and throw it in the microwave. <laughs> yeah. Just no. Yeah. So so disgusting. Well, you don't need butter. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyways, but yeah, like from a from a supply chain standpoint, it's it like fashion is is one of the most uh wasteful industries like a pair of jeans we're talking like we, we've talked about like getting first nations people clean drinking water and how clean drinking water globally is such an issue it's not as much in canada we're very fortunate but to make a pair of jeans i think it was something like 130 liters of water it might be even more than that uh go into it there's all these stats online about the inefficiencies of production when it comes to clothing and jeans are some of the worst blue jeans are some of the worst so it's actually a good thing that we've gotten away from those yeah. like jeans are not the most popular <laughs> anymore i guess you know i uh it, it was yeah, funny i, I, I <laughs> one of my wife's uh family friends i guess i'm, I'm not going to go into specifics but uh he came over one day and we were moving stuff and uh, he's like oh you're wearing that and i was like yeah like i always got like you know dressier pants on or whatever yeah, yeah. and uh i was like yeah i don't know i don't own any jeans I, I literally don't i i haven't for years i just don't like how they feel you know you sit down and immediately it's like like an anvil is getting dropped on your sack oh there was God, no give. i was so uh, off there's, there's no give 3,781 liters of water to make a pair of jeans. Oh, my. One so pair. all that testicle crushing for that much water, not a good return on investment. The emissions required for a single pair of jeans is 33.4 kilograms of carbon. That's, Why? Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> because of the color and the requirement oh, of treating like it. Oh, like dyeing it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And I'm wearing them. I guess I'm a fucking asshole. I mean, I've had these for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, so the man. nice thing is I'm not buying new ones. And if you buy them with pre-rips in the knees, fuck you. Like, yeah, honestly, that you. was a thing when we were younger. It, I, I'm so I glad know. it's dead. I know. But I remember like, being in, like, high school going to American Eagle. And, like, oh. you remember the polos? Those were all the look. Uh, yeah, I At least it. that's the look I went for. That and, you know, a little more dressy. And every time I get a pair of jeans, you know, you try them on in the store fucking blown out knee fucking ripped and i never and understood like, why exactly. like what is it that you're trying to portray to people that you're that you're constantly on your knees working you really hard give a shit? i don't understand i don't give a shit but then, is it really well i mean we definitely dollars for ripped said, pants i don't give a shit dude my our whole gen, like i i was i'm like eight years older than you or seven years older than you but so like our generation was a little a little different in clothing like mine was straight up you don't give a shit like yeah. like if if any of your ass had pants on it you were fucking weird. Your pants were supposed <laughs> to be below your butt cheeks. Nice. Right? Like, yep. that's how we wore them. Yep. And you had to have Joe Boxers on to flash the big smileys in the back. Yeah, right? that's right, too. That, and then if you weren't walking on the backs of your jeans, you were a fucking idiot. And you have to be wearing some sort of skate shoe. Yeah. Right? Typically, it was Etnies or something like that. DC. But that was... Yeah, DC was a huge one at the yeah. time. Vans. Vans. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, so yeah. like there was a uh, Airwalks were huge in the late nineties, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Con- well, Converse has been huge for a long time. They oh, died know, they a little bit, back, but man. the Sandlot man, they made them yeah. so popular in the eighties, and then I w- that was a huge show for me. It was the uh, I remember it was the high uh, the Converse high tops, yeah. And- this is why fashion is such a problem we all are not fashionable people i mean i guess you're kind of a fashionista Evan, but not, like not but really like, man but we we're not we would never be considered the fashion people and we even enjoy com- conversations about fashion oh, so it's, it's just, like it's just memories really like it's yeah. it's, it's just t- it ties into who you are but i i think that you know if, if gen z wants to be the big change to all this that they Tell the world, t- tell the world they're going to be, or we're telling the world they got, they're going to be. Uh, that that should be the the two places to focus: food and fashion. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, you you fix those two issues, 
a lot of issues get fixed with them. Yeah, and we've like talked a, about pl- planned obsolescence and uh, you know electric cars and all this. It's just that there needs to be an end to the high level of consumption to make basic, simple goods. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the consumption it used to be about because now it's all been about productivity, right? Not about uh, necess- like how we encompass the word efficiency, mm-hmm. right? Efficiency was always about productivity, and what we need to Profit, do is convert really. that. Well, yeah, it was profitability. But also, like, the production capacity was always the most important thing because mm. they they wanted maximum production because rega- there was no penalty for producing too much, yeah. right? So I think that the flip side of it is we have to then also incentivize, de-incentivize uh, corporations from overproduction. So, like... I've been thinking about this a lot because you walk around Edmonton and there's garbage blowing around everywhere and you see that every uh, in almost every city. Um, oh, except Singapore because they'll literally shoot you for that. Yeah, well, that's I'm a little insane, but I, you know what? Maybe there's some middle ground there. <laughs> <laughs> but but what, what I was thinking about was like when you see it blowing around, you can see all the brands on them, right? If they're getting the marketing off of it, they should be. If we if we collect it with their name on it, they should have to pay marketing for marketing off of garbage. There you That's go. clever, yeah, right? That is. They yeah. are branding themselves everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. So I would think that so let's everything that still exists, like if you're if you made your brand so prevalent and so indestructible, you gain off of that. We should then be able to hit you on it. So we should have garbage collection where then we can go to court and find these companies uh, for what we collect so that we oh, can we then found reduce this many it. tons of uh, McDonald's yeah. branded garbage. And Tim Hortons and all of this. And then the incentive is on them because this is the thing in the 80s when oh. they got away from glass. And then you pay the, com- the garbage collectors a commission. Exactly. Oh, brilliant. Right. Oh, so here's the thing. Oh, it'd be so organized. Oh, oh, you, you find this much McDonald's garbage, you get this much of a cut. Oh, my oh, God, they, yeah. they would be ruthless, and bro. How much fun! Like you would oh. have, you would have activists signing up to be garbage yeah. uh, to work in, in garbage for uh, sure. facilities because not, they would be like, "Oh, idea. let's pile in the coke facility. Let's get this shit no. right." Like, no. like the the way that you could go after certain companies just with your own ideology, and then companies would want to reduce their own branding. But the second they start reducing their branding the idea of being a big global marketing company no longer has value. So marketing starts getting reduced because marketing is no longer valuable, Mm. which we've been trying to kill marketing for a while. So there's a way of actually getting this. Mm. And it's also for anybody who's like, I'm surprised you didn't give me the, the extreme capitalist pushback, but though, because I think at this point, I I I think that I can be a capitalist about this, but you know, I think that you can also look at the fact that we can only continue the way we're doing things at a very finite level. Well, and I think if, that if what... you want to have a capitalist system, but there's going to have to be some regulations on complete and utter waste. Yeah, that's a smart decision. So, and, and then I, I think that if we want the planet to continue, we need to maybe take a few bullets and say, "Hey, maybe fucking don't have." Uh, you know non-recyclable plastic on most of your menu items well that's that's exactly it and this is where it actually comes from is in the 80s when companies like coca-cola and pepsi and all that started switching to plastic bottles out of uh, instead of glass bottles yeah there was a couple of things that happened but the most important one was that the onus got shifted to us the consumer they started blaming us for uh goods being left around but what they actually did was they reduced their cost because Mm -hmm. the the weight that's involved in glass but further to that these companies producing glass raw raw glass is an extreme expense it's actually more effective and efficient to then collect your old existing glass melt it back down and then reuse it so they actually had a built-in baked-in incentive to to recycle and so these companies had a vested interest they bought back the product these companies aren't buying back these these uh, plastic bottles that like lipton brisk bottle that yeah. that's that's done it's not going to, if it goes into anything it might go into pvc but or I some still other get shit my 10 cents motherfucker exactly yeah. right <laughs> but but i do think that it's it would create a very interesting ability for us to fight back in an ethical way that can't really be defended against on any ground other than well you didn't tell us this was going to be the rule Cool. Who well, cares? It would be interesting to see because <clears throat> it, it's essentially if that happened overnight, every, uh, every fast food chain would want to remove their brands completely from their packaging. Yeah. Uh, in which case, the government might need to step in and say, okay, well, now you need to put your serial number or whatever on all your packaging. Yeah. Right? And, you know, then you can track it. 
But the thing is, like, I think they should just come out with that in the first port, uh, yeah. the first point. You know, say, oh, by the way, brands, like, y- you have to have a serial code on all of your stuff. Plain yeah. packaging and a health warning, please. Boom. Yeah. Why not? Right? You know, like we did with cigarettes. Yeah. You know, Why not? and I think honestly, if you were a business person and the government literally offered you to not spend as much in R and D, because what fucking arts degree was sitting in the hold on? This cup. <laughs> He's what got a fucking arts cup degree with uh, what it's looks got like, like tr- tiger stripes, yellow tiger stripes, and it's got like who sat in a room and said that that is the new cup? Is that supposed to be like that's a of- job we don't need? That yeah. is a completely useless position. That if you're if you're listening to this, Mister SVP VP, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Seriously, go fuck yourself. Like you get paid how much to design a cup? Yeah. Like the same thing with cigarette packages. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, sure, the, the cigarette companies, their ego got in the way, and it's like, whoa, we've had this brand since the 1800s, and we needed other packages so our customers know. Then they thought about it. Yeah. I can spend less. I can fire that SVP driving his Ferrari to work. And I can literally just have the government have my packaging covered pretty much because there had to be a subsidy. Yeah. Y- well, I mean, you the, literally make more profit. Yeah. <laughs> well, the flip side is, is that we, what we do is we actually then just, we, we could just bill the, the companies on the back end of it, right? Yeah. We, all the cities operate garbage and recycling pickup. And so what we do is we just, we take the, the national a bill that we owe all of these companies, yeah. right, for garbage and recycling pickup, and we just divvy it up as a tax amongst the biggest uh, abusers. Hey. And if they want to argue against it, then we go, well, then opt into this program in which you have a serial number on all of your packaging, and we go this way, yeah. right? Either either we're going to take you one way or we're going to take you the other way, but either way, we're taking you the fuck out. And if you think about it as well, you'd have these uh, packaging companies that you could create using Canadian products yep. paid with Canadian workers— and transported by Canadians transported by Canadians so rather than having all this packaging come from the states or Mexico or wherever the fuck they're making it mostly China and Thailand well, probably you know and then think about it this way we, we you get health canada involved with that you know keep yep. it healthy cuz who knows what 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 that dye is going to do to me 30 years from now it's just seeping into my food yeah well that, microplastics are a huge <laughs> issue right that's now the right? Other like thing that's too. the big one like everybody yeah. who loves if you like seafood microplastics are a huge threat to you just being able to enjoy it because i, I think that they're finding them in the intestines of fish and shit. that video you showed before the podcast of like the german uh, there's a german oh, funded God. government oh, yeah. video about how americans are starving and they should donate like th- that that's that's hilarious because they're literally looking at America and they're like we can do capitalism much better than you and we just do it with some regulation yeah. and <laughs> you, you, some regulation and not, some, not a and, lot and some investment in industry and we love immigrants like, like they, they do they, they, they also do. have investment in industry right like they they own Volkswagen right and like that's... Amazon, Amazon you want to work with us you have to be unionized yeah fuck you yeah oh electric car companies you need to have one fucking standard plug in for all your cars there fuck you, go. you. Right. And that's the beauty of it all is that like if you do it properly. But then, but yeah. So for people who haven't uh, haven't seen this, go on YouTube and just search uh, um, German U.S. hunger commercial or food commercial. It's because exactly it is the exact is. same thing we used to see in the 90s. Uh, what I what, uh, what uh, South Park calls poverty porn. <laughs> right. Which is uh, where they just they just show hungry. America. It's quite literally it's an American white girl sitting on a stoop in front of an apartment building with a German voice going over about how she doesn't know where her next food is coming from. It couldn't be more of a copy Marta of what the, the U.S. used to do about uh, General Africa, which there was no, they never even said what country they were in. They no, were just, this uh, is Africa. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, I think that as much as I have a, I, I don't know, as much as I, I, I beat the drum of freedom and regulation free and full capitalism, you know. Start to see stars y- and stripes y- behind you. Yeah, <laughs> y- you, you look at the system that we're in now in the States where it's just become so corrupted by bad decision. Yeah. Y- it's just not going to exist properly. There needs to be a group of people that step up and get us back to a base that we can build things on again. Because right now, we don't even have a foundation for our society. And y- you know what? Maybe you got me on a few social issues uh, in this podcast in these 30 episodes for sure. <laughs> You know, plus all our specials, which, uh, you know, 
mainly remain nameless and uncounted, but there's probably 10 of them. Yeah. You know, so 40 some episodes now. Something like that, yeah. You know, and I, I think you brought up a lot to do with education and um, a lot to do with healthcare. Uh, but more particularly, it, we could both agree that the egregious amount of waste that we commit to in this society is the issue and the main issue. I think in order for this to kind of go back to the supply chain issue, in order for this supply chain issue to really mitigate, we need to start looking at Canada as the solution. And the best way to do this is to get smart people that have the forethought and the sight to build companies that are going to be A, good for the environment, B, good for the country. And see, good for the people working for them. Yeah. Well, you know? and that's the thing is the the more localized that effort, the more that all three of those are going to get hit. The more likely all three of those are going to get hit, right? Yeah. Because the smaller the group, the less likely there is for corruption within the group and the less likely there is for exploitation too, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you only have 10 people, it's really hard to pick one person to exploit. If you have 100 people, it's not that hard to pick one. Right. So it, it a lot of it comes down to how groups also work together and the cohesiveness. Um, but also, I found it quite interesting. There's there's something called the paradox of tolerance. And so the next society, the society that we build has to be very cognizant of this, which is um, the, the philosophy says states that basically a tolerant, a, a tolerant society will always end up getting corrupted by, by um, intolerant people, because if you're tolerant of intolerance, intolerance will reign supreme. So mm. it, so the paradox of tolerance is that you actually have to be intolerant of intolerance. And this is where it becomes really difficult, and you have to actually just draw a line. People who are intolerant of, of people need to be not tolerated. We cannot tolerate people who are intolerant of people. Mm. But if you're intolerant of an idea... That's a little bit different. You can criticize an idea, but being intolerant of people. So once the idea disappears, you're no longer intolerant. But people will never stop. Dis- uh, will never disappear. Therefore, mm-hmm. we have to draw that distinction there. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to grow this ideal be- uh, future, we have to be really aware of how we're going to navigate things socially too, because that's one of the things that we've been seeing a lot online, um, especially in the U.S. Is along with their economy collapsing. And why we think that there's so few building blocks is their society socially has crumbled. Like it, they're, it, they don't trust their neighbors, right? It's crazy. I remember going down to Arizona a few years ago and we stay in this uh, like gated community just north of Phoenix. It's really nice. But uh, they had these community newsletters. They put it at the door or whatever. Yeah. And like one of the first pages was like, if someone's coming to your door, always answer the door with a visible firearm. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. So I'm like, I'm, I, I'm reading this and I'm kind of laughing. I'm like, okay, well, so you order skip the dishes, right? You know the guy's coming to your house. The map's there. You know, it's getting through the gated community. And you still feel it's an, an, a necessity to answer that door with a firearm visible to that person who you know is only bringing you food and you probably didn't tip well. But you don't, don't you think, like, isn't that domestic terrorism, that newsletter? Like, isn't it? Because it's fear-mongering, right? That's exactly it. That is almost exclusive. Like, that is such a uniquely American thing to do. But the fucking stupid thing is, we lump the people that do that with the people that try to prepare for what's about to happen. And that's what bothers me, because you look at someone that might start stacking, might start looking at, hey, maybe I should get out of this fiat currency and get some precious metal. Hey, maybe I should have a month or two supply worth of food in my house just in case. Maybe I should have some cash on hand, you know, just a few ideas and suggestions. You start talking to people about stuff like that, and they lump you in a category with the most ridiculous right-wing people. And, you know, I hate to say it, because I, I'm the only right-wing person on this podcast compared to you. Yeah. I mean, Adam's kind of in the middle, and that's, you know, he's, he's kind of the voice of reason I also sometimes. Like, again, but, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't enjoy the labels at all. I think once you affix a label to yourself, you're yeah. always going to bend back. Like, fucking plastic always returns back to its original shape. And I mm-hmm. think that once you put yourself a, la- a label on you, like, I, I notice when I listen, like, we listen to our podcast uh, just to review it before we yeah. release it. And every time I listen to it, 
if I make a point early in a podcast and then I make it later in the podcast, you will inevitably agree with me initially, fight me in the middle, and then agree at the end sometimes. And so, <laughs> and I think a lot of that is because it's uncomfortable for when, because you, you take pride in the label that is conservative because you were born that way and mm. there is a pride in it. And it's also how you see yourself, I think, right? And so I know what it's like to lose a label because it was about a decade ago when it was the first time I realized that I couldn't define myself as a hockey player anymore. Yeah. Right. Like I had always, I was a hockey player. There's a culture around it. There's a way you act. There's a, there's a certain amount of like white knight that's baked into the culture of being there. But I was a hockey player and I had, I lost that identity and it was hard because I still don't really have one. But what I've learned is that it's actually, it's, it's enjoyable and incredibly relieving to have no identity and be fluid because other people have a hard time picking up on you right and i think that's one of the things that when we first started having a conversation you realize that it's hard to pick up on exactly where i sit no for sure and it's because i reject labels at every angle because i don't want to be put into a box sure. right and i think that you don't like being put into a box either but sometimes i think you put yourself into one a little bit yeah no i, I agree with that yeah i so. think uh I, I think you could have you could define putting yourself into a box into maybe standing up for what you believe in potentially uh, yeah but you know at the end of the day i mean if if we disagreed on everything what would we be doing here right? <laughs> exactly um <laughs> you, you know i i think to kind of get back to the global supply chain issues yep. and, you know we kind of brought this up as well i mean what do you think like in my opinion i think the best way to have an idea on what's going to happen is to kind of look at the pitfalls right yep and you know clearly we can see right now uh in the harbors this massive backup of getting you know goods into the country yeah. from other countries so out of the onset the things that are going to be scarce right away are the things that come from other countries so you know just to kind of list a few of those maybe you could help me out with that too uh automobiles yeah <laughs> uh i'll tell you that you know like, for sure automobiles well like specifically in canada right like yeah. that's that food food is a huge one because like especially our produce section right like our produce section is almost exclusively imported yeah right which is why i brought up a few weeks ago i thought it was really cool that uh safeway starting to have its own greenhouses which is a great that idea is cool, yeah. and we're going to need to see more of this i would act i would absolutely love for a, a agricultural departments and universities to partner with food banks and um and low income housing and start guarded community gardens on rooftops and things like that where you can use unused space to create more more effective programs yeah. and to get more food baked into local areas, right? I agree with that. The issue we have here is the climate. We do have a climate issue, but we yeah. also have a lot of massive indoor space, like uh, like hundreds of thousands of square feet at West Edmonton Mall. Oh. And how many fucking shops aren't being How used? many empty apartment buildings? And the United States has like hundreds of abandoned mm. malls. Oh, yeah. Like full-on sh- super centers <clears throat> that look like a zombie apocalypse hit the zone. There's yeah. one on right outside of Calgary, right? Literally beside another mall. <laughs> What's Calgary? Come on. You know, oh, speaking man. speaking of empty buildings, I don't. I might have brought this up before, but there was um, a homeless gentleman that came into the shop. This is probably about a month ago now. Yeah, and he's talking about how um, there was some people that like picked him up in the street. Yeah. and brought him to Stantec Tower, and they're starting to house homeless people in Stantec Tower right now. Wow. And, oh, okay. and actually, this guy ended up getting an apartment in some way through this building, he was saying. Nice. Uh, which was, I think we that's exactly what we were talking to Sohi about like a couple months ago. Yeah, which so is that, good. That's I wonder if cool Sohi had see. any hand in that. Right? I hope so. That'd be cool. I mean, I don't know if we can pat ourselves on the back, but it's always cool to see those things come into fruition. Yeah, I do think we got, we're really going to have is. to get Kim on to to because we she did promise she was going to. Uh, I sent her an uh, email. I haven't heard back yet, but okay. I'm, I'm on she it. did yeah, say she was going to eviscerate some people uh, yeah. if she if she didn't win. So it would be fun to to have her back on here. Oh, and get her well, all right. It would be. Uh, I'm but, already on the list, yeah. so why not? You know, you let's go. double down. Um, but yeah, like when it when it comes to like localized supply chain, I do think like food, food is one that we have to be very, very, very aware of. That's a huge one. Right. And it's one that we also have a lot of control over. Like Trump was really trying to attack our dairy supply. Um, like our, uh, like if we had given up, if we had budged even slightly, like I hate Trudeau on a lot of things, but I'm so fucking glad he dug his heels in on that shit because 
if we were to play into how they deal with their dairy and their meat products, like they don't have to label what country it comes in. The the average ground beef package coming out of the United States has beef coming from six different countries. And they don't have to label any of that. Mm. So it's far, it's really kind of gross to think that there's like cows from six different countries in a single package of meat. Um, yeah, just I, I couldn't. Ugh. And so I'm really glad that we defended it. But because we defended it, we have to really capitalize on it. And I don't mean putting commercials of like, uh, uh, eggs aren't weird for lunch. You're weird for thinking it's weird. Those are the commercials right now. <laughs> Those are legitimate. That I, is the, I, that is the actual it. word for word fucking yeah. pitch that they have. Yeah. Fuck you guys. How about actually fix your supply chain and take your money out of your marketing? It's not about us buying more dairy. It's about you making sure you're not wasting it all. <laughs> you dumb fucks with frozen chickens on the side of your transportation. Do your jobs properly. Like it's yeah. it's aggravating to see government agencies failing so fucking horrendously, but we can clean our own backyards. I think that product wise, um, we because of our our intense reliance on uh, Texas, for example, um, our gas might end up being an issue for going forward. Um, also, because we have a huge, uh, I mean, we're we have a lot of cold spells in Canada, so we have a, a bigger reliance on heating through the winter than a lot of other areas. I, I don't understand why they got rid of fucking wood burning fireplaces and homes. Like you, you don't see them in new builds, and I, I think I was I was in the the last little hurrah for indoor wood burning fireplaces. This house is two thousand one, yeah. and it still has the gas line hookup beside it. You will not find that in any house. It's I, not to code at all. But when they the fucking did the home inspection, yeah. they're like, oh, you should have that. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. You fuck right off. Yeah. You get out yeah. of here with those communists. He's like, whoa. Well, wood burning <laughs> is more <laughs> communist, right? Like, in fact, like, because because it's something that you can do yourself. You don't have to rely on other people. Yeah. Like, it, I would say that actually shifting away from wood burning is actually more capitalist, right? Because they then the the supply, you're you're out of control. No, right? I completely agree so you with lose that. control yeah. on that. Like, I find it, I find it interesting that that is one way to go. But actually, trees has been a way that government has controlled, uh, like has desocialized certain areas for a long time. And this is something that not a lot of people have ever even thought about. Yeah. But when you're a city planner, you have, um, you're planning how what trees are getting planted where, right? And so a boulevard, for example, is defined by by tree lines. Right. Hmm. So if you're going to be on a, if you're on a boulevard, there's got to be tree lines on either side. Um, and so like roads and um, uh, uh, fucking streets, roads, all of those are going to have different characteristics that qualify them. Okay. Um, and if you one thing that's very interesting, have you guys noticed that there are almost exclusively male trees? It's it's the weirdest thing, but there is a government form of like ar- arborist based sexism. And it's it's anti-socialist. Male trees don't produce fruit. Huh. So what we have are a bunch of trees that don't produce anything other than leaves and nothing useful. One of the fun things about living in Kamloops was so many people have apricot trees everywhere. Yeah. And so or cherry trees or cherry trees or or, or, uh, even just apples. But just in general, fruit trees lot more abundant yeah right why why is our government who when we have a global food issue planting male trees when we could have food growing everywhere right <laughs> this is this is where <laughs> that's a fucking good question man right and it actually it actually comes that's... down to capitalism on two two fronts because yeah. they actually make money both ways mm. so they make money off of preventing you from getting free food they also make money off of not having to clean up because obviously there's going to be a lot more waste or a lot more uh mess right so you go out... but they save money on one end and oh. they make money on the front end yeah. so they actually it's a purely capitalist approach but yeah. we it, it hurts every citizen and yeah. it hurts our food like could you imagine it, it like a, a future in which we actually have never had to go to the grocery store for apples or oranges or fruit of any kind produce is grown produce the most frustrating thing about shopping is produce goes bad in fucking four days yeah. If you're lucky, it goes bad in four days. Yeah. Can you imagine that you could just walk down the street and grab shit for free? It's everywhere, right? That's really what it should be. I mean... Why not? 
Why not? Like, how right? could you disagree? The trees with are there that, anyway. Right? It, they're, I'm not exactly. literally. With that. No, no, exactly. They're yeah. already there. But that's the thing them, is, might as well make some fruit. Exactly, right? I mean, and and that's that's the thing that bugs me is that there's there were always opportunities to create a better world, and every time there was an option to make a short term profit. That's the direction that that and that's, government this is, went. This is where it's got us. Yeah, short term decisions. So, we become so dependent on the rest of the world feeding us. Now our male trees in the front yard aren't even feeding us. Hey, the German, the Germans <laughs> have a lot of money stupid, to give. But man. isn't that so funny? Though? Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Germany. But it was so funny because I had never even thought beta. of it. I like I fell into like hardcore feminist TikTok, and yeah. someone brought up. They're like, "This is the weirdest topic I've never thought of prior to one of my botany teachers telling me about yeah. it." And then they just were explaining male versus female trees, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that's groundbreaking!" Yeah, like that. That's the difference. When you build a new community, female trees everywhere. Yeah. That should be the, the especially low-income communities, you damn oh, well yeah. fucking better be putting female trees everywhere. And, you know, like, you incorporate it in the HOA for the end of the year before it all goes bad. They collect it and donate it. Exactly. You know, in whatever fact, they don't need. In fact, you could oh actually get skip drivers could then actually be delivering <laughs> to the grocery stores by just picking up on their route. You could even have the Canadian Canada Post workers. You can actually create it just where you have a drop-off bin for poundage of apples. Right, where they just go to a Safeway, have a, bu- a, bu- a bucket that they pour yeah, their shit into, like and they 10 have a dollar, cents a pound or yeah, something, or whatever yeah. it would be, right? But they could make their money out. You could capitalize off of it, but it does become more of a socialist system because it's the people are are owning their means of production rather than the big corporations benefiting, hmm. right? But well, I but think, everybody benefits. It's not like there's no money being. Made. I think capitalism works too, but you're absolutely correct. We've got to have to profitability and. The thing is, I think a capitalist system works the best when the individual can be completely self-sufficient before they start playing, right? Like, do you have enough food? Do you have enough water? Do you have enough ability to support yourself? And the problem is we've gone to a term where now supporting yourself, we have to buy into this bullshit system. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing is, like, it's one thing to to want people to be more self-sufficient, and it's another thing to... Uh, want that well they're actively preventing us from being self-sufficient true right that's the thing that bugs me is that not not that they're like oh you guys should be able to do some stuff on your own okay but don't make it illegal for me to do stuff on my own right like did you know in the state of oregon it's illegal to collect rainwater i heard something about that yeah i didn't know it was oregon because their water supply is privatized (laughs) so it's illegal to collect rainwater (laughs) right that's insane yeah that's insane i wonder how there's no other way to say anything there well but the problem is is if it gets enforced once that's too many times yeah yeah i I agree with that it's so fucking horrendous and so the the u.s has has answered the question of where does it end it doesn't right it doesn't end until you fucking put your foot down and stop it or you have no more feet to put down those are really the only two fucking places it's going. And I don't like binaries, but that's where we're going. We, we, you have, we, we have to defend ourselves against what we see happening. And again, I tend to try to steer away from the extremes, like the absolute extremes, mostly because as somebody with ADHD, I've already been there, thought about it, and then moved myself back. Not because I don't believe it, but because I did believe it for a second, long enough to investigate it, and then move back from it. Yeah, And it's... It's hard to look at what we see right now and be optimistic that it's going to happen, but there's a lot of reasons to be hopeful that it could happen, like that we can fix things. I think that there's a lot of building blocks in place in Canada to defend ourselves, to protect ourselves, to build up properly, and we will always be concerned about what other countries are doing for sure. My, my big but all concern... You can do is practice, like, yeah. If you're if you're a sports team, all you can do is focus on your own, right? That's all you can do is look at yourself. How do we get better? Because I'm not I like our job is not to make them worse, right? We we just have to make ourselves the best we can be, and then do do whatever we can to defend ourselves to play the game that that's presented to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to stop looking at ourselves as this fucking globalist uh, uh, entity because the way that the globe has been defined has been the United States or North America, Western Europe and china and south america has been completely and royally fucked 
Like for people who don't know about how supply chains have been manipulated in, in South America and how socialists have been assassinated routinely by the United States government down there. Um, so for a quote unquote developing nation, uh, which typically comes out of South America uh, that are actually accessing the, the loan capabilities, the International Monetary Fund provides uh, loans uh, to um, uh, these countries so that they can start develop. But there's a condition baked into these loans. They cannot, they cannot socialize any natural resources. <laughs> yeah. Go figure who the fuck wrote that rule in, right? <laughs> so this is why South America is fucked, because they can't actually capitalize off of any of their natural resources because the United States made it a condition <laughs> of their contract when, they're, when they want to develop. So we, we have to make sure that the next version of this game can't be played with to the same degree like the u.s is, has been fucking with other countries to keep it to keep itself stable for so long rather than internally making them better they make other people worse to make themselves look better yeah and i think that that's the approach that needs to change we need to make ourselves better first we need to build our industry we need to build up our people and I don't, I'm not saying, uh, this is not like an anti-immigration rant either. Mm -hmm. We need population in Canada. Our population growth is horrific. Bring in the immigrants. We need them working. We need them helping us. But but we also need to all be on the same page in terms of how we're moving forward, which has to be about Canada first. And... And Canadians, whether they're new Canadians or fucking sixth generation Canadians, if those even exist, probably not. Maybe four generations. I don't know. You could, you could probably get six generations yeah. if you go back yeah. to like the 17, 1800s. Yeah. So funny. You put a zero on the end for a lot of other countries in the world, but, oh, Canada, 100%. but again, yeah. Canada's six generations. Yeah. Like, I mean, our, our indigenous people could probably go back 60. <laughs> my, uh, with certain uh, my wife's family could probably go back six generations in North America. I, was, really? I, I yeah. could probably do the same. Yeah, I can go back. I can only go back two in uh, on either side of my family. Just 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 one, just one for me. Wow, that's interesting. Actually, well, on my mom's side, my my so my mom was first born or first gen Canadian. My my dad was, I mean, depends on the technicality. So from his mom's side, he's second gen. From his dad's side, the technicality is that he's first gen because Newfoundland wasn't part of Canada when my grandfather was born in Newfoundland. Yeah. So technically, not part of Canada at the time. Was later on um but yeah so it's just it but yeah like my grandparents on my mom's side are from romania and italy so like very That's, weird yeah weird weird divide there my uh great grandparents on my dad's side are, uh wales so oh that's yeah. the that's the jones and then also tristan so there you go okay right there we yeah. go and, yeah, and, so, there but, we, and there we get tristan jones there you go yeah. <laughs> there we go but yeah you get like i find the 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 history going back like that like i'm sure there's there would be indigenous communities that would have people that would be able to connect through their elders but i mean hope i would hope i wouldn't know for sure because i'm sure the canadian government may have wiped them all out uh systematically anyways so we don't know by the way did you ever see the updated number we we talked about the number when it first came out 215 in kamloops have you guys ever looked into it do you guys want to be sad uh, yeah, because you know what? It's probably been a few weeks since I've checked it out, but I know it was in the thousands. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm many. looking it up right now. Um, I uh, yeah, because it was uh, it was definitely an insane amount of people. Because um, I think it was up to seven thousand last time I had seen. Oh, and the Pope's supposed to come and yeah visit Canada. Yeah, oh, I hope we kill him. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man. I mean that would be interesting. I uh Oh man. I would what would that do? What would that do? I mean, it wouldn't do anything to anyone. <laughs> there you I, go. I mean, Assassinate factually, the Pope. But I'm like what's the what's the response? I mean, we might actually have maybe fascist a, Italy returning apology? to come and fucking attack Canada. Oh, come on. <laughs> like, like, well, we're right next to the states. We can do whatever we want. We got to throw that weight around You want to go after the, the, the country who has more people who believe in the existence of angels than understand trigonometry. You think that they're going to defend the fucking country that assassinated the Pope? Ooh. Um, 
Good I, point. I don't know. Especially on the eastern seaboard, which is the most likely landing spot, is going to be in fucking Ontario. So just north of, I don't know, a whole bunch of Bronx fucking Italians? Not yeah. a chance in hell. Yeah, you got a point there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, you There's, killed the Pope! Hey. Yeah, and new, the population of New York, if they decided to form a militia, would likely be bigger than the population of Canada. So, like, <laughs> so, so we would get fucking annihilated. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, that would be, uh, be interesting, though. I mean, like, it would be... Uh, I don't think we get invaded. I, I don't. Um, I think it would just be an interesting thing to... We should do an interview-style movie, Seth Rogen-style. The no. Gooch. <laughs> Assassinate. You know what would be great, though? Is if the reason we were she able to... If, is if we were able to get get in through... Uh, or, or, or get through that... Because his Pope Mobile is bulletproof. Yeah. I'm oh, like, huh, no, maybe he outsourced the bulletproof glass making to China. We can make this like a glow. It's actually China's fault. They didn't defend yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, it, that would only defend up to a uh, small arms fire. You could easily punch through that with anything over a seven millimeter guaranteed. Also, Pope Mobile. Yeah. Great also, name. Pope Mobile. Great name. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. you, you just got to aim down on the hat. Yeah. His, his head's right? probably a little. Got to do like the 1950s Batman symbol and the spinning logo. Every time uh, he changes scenes. Like, that's the only leader that has that. We don't have a prime minister mobile. There's no president mobile. Oh, yeah, there is. Well, he gets a limo. They call yeah. it like a well, limo. Well, they got Air Force it's One. Not, it's too. not, it's yeah, not a limo, I guess man. that's it's, true. It's an air vehicle. The, the, the president's car is like, it's, it's got doors this thick steel, bulletproof glass. It's got a, It's actually a self-contained uh, air in that, too, in case there's a uh, radiological do, attack or do something. Do they call it the president mobile? I'm not sure what they call it. I, I think I, it's I, Atlas One, but I'm not Oh, see, that's, that's sure. better. But you know what? Yeah. Pope Mobile? Pope Mobile is pretty great. Pope that Mobile's is pretty, pretty good. Great. <laughs> yeah. I don't it, know, man. It was that, probably that named by be... the guy who fucking named the walkie-talkie, because that's about the funniest <laughs> name you could have ever come up with, <laughs> A right? walkie and a talkie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian Regan. Brian Regan, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw him live in Vegas. He's awesome. You got to check out the whammy kablammy. Yeah. Fucking love that. <laughs> the Rudy Tooty Aim and Shooty. <laughs> the Rudy Tooty Aim and Shooty. The yeah. Whammy Kablam uh, and the yeah. Walkie Talkie. Yeah. You walkie talkie, I walkie talkie. I walkie in a talkie. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh it's interesting to see how everything's gonna unfold. But when it comes to the food shortage, the the global side of things, I think that Canada can defend itself pretty well. I mean No man, we, it, depends, <sighs> it depends against who, but well, yeah. but but again, we're not. I don't know that we have like a military threat. I think we have much more ideological threats, and so we have to actually just create like the. There's interesting. So right now on Audible, there's a book by Michael Shermer um, that talks about conspiracy theories. And what I love about it is that Audible made this book free, and it's a lecture series. So it's a seven-hour lecture series by Michael Shermer. Michael Holy Shermer, shit. for those of you who don't know, is the um, the lead editor and um, and publisher of Skeptic Magazine. So he's been on Bill Maher and all that. Uh, just basically, his job is to to debunk uh conspiracies and conspiracy theories having said that he also talks about how lots of conspiracies end up being true right so um i would i would encourage a lot of people to listen to this because one of the things that we find is that one of the times where you see the largest uptick in people adopting new conspiracies is right after natural disasters earthquakes food shortages covid19 things like this so we have to we have to create a sense of security, a security blanket for people so that they don't act stupid, mm -hmm. right? That's that's really what we have to try and build up right now is a a system that or a society that can take care of as many people as possible mm -hmm. so that those who are on the fringe are in the smallest numbers as possible because we don't want that fucking number growing, right? Well, I, I agree with that. I think I, I, I take it a little more to the individual. I mean, there's, there's not a lot that I can really do about the system and... The changes that can be implemented and you know the the, the writing's pretty well on the wall here i mean we're either going to go into massive economic growth if we figure out this um uh supply chain issue or we become more uh individually nationalist but the problem is that's only going to last for a shortened period of time i think that as soon as the government starts raising rates like they plan to and they've said they're going to uh we should, oh that's uh, the government they're raising your rate <laughs> we should uh, we should look at really what, what what happens when that occurs because the last time this really happened was the end of the Roaring Twenties and the, the scarcity is going to be a lot more um, uh, exacerbated now. I think it was actually the last time was the eighties. 
like in terms of where we had a massive uptick sure. in interest rate. I mean, the 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 uh, the 80s are an interesting example. I just don't think that it really correlates to the amount of scarcity that we're like the amount of scarcity that's occurring now compared to the 80s is like tenfold. Well, the, uh, the 80s was supply really... chain based, though, whereas the 20s was a uh, global financial system collapse. Yeah. We, but, like, I think the 80s, why it works is because the, they had two full-blown financial meltdowns in that decade. But what, but that wasn't what caused the interest rate. The interest rate skyrocketing was about supply chain breakdown. Yep. Right? And so I think that it's very similar. I do think that, yeah, yeah. we're in a more extreme version of it. I think that we were a little more prepared in the 80s for uh, – we had the ability to fix it a lot The easier. individual did more, yeah. mostly because the individual hadn't been getting fucked royally by corporations for True. their entire lifetime. And right? now yeah. we have a society of very, um, you know, luxury-dependent people. Yeah. I, I hate to call, you know, fresh running water and food at the grocery store a luxury – but ultimately, that's what this is going to become. I mean, I don't really see the uh, if the supply chain issue continues. Because here's here's where I'm at. I mean, you look at the amount of goods that are coming in, and you look at what the news is telling you, and you look at the prices. Those are the three things that you can't control that you can get data off of yep. to form an opinion. Prices have gone up, uh, you know, like you were saying, 30% on some items. Yeah, I saw that on, like, Minute Maid juices, um, like those canned juices. They went up uh, <coughs> between 30 and 50%. I started seeing on them frozen lunches, which is a yep. huge shot at the workforce, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, I saw Crave lunches at Superstore. They increased the price by 30%. Yeah. Like, I, I pay attention to this stuff all the time because I'm always curious. And the things that didn't go up that should have from a global supply chain but won't because they're a drug that keep the economy going a coffee coffee hasn't been touched right which is i find very interesting uh, coca-cola right? is the same price coca-cola is the same price everything that yeah, sugar right? ca- sugar and caffeine all the drugs that you need to to keep the economy going yep. those ones have gone those have gone down yeah right well not gone or down they, or they, just, they remain the stable right i mean despite it, the fact that they're getting hit by the same supply chain issues it's also interesting too because huh. i think it's not really the same for a lot of companies, but they're using this supply chain shortage to literally gross profit. Yeah, uh, to to literally make more profit. And you know, I coming from an industry where it's all about profit, and this shortage of inventory is really, you know, challenged us to make profit. Yeah, we're literally forced. We're forced by the market now to charge more for vehicles. Yeah, we're forced by the market to literally upsell, upcharge, and sell more on one than over just sell 10 and make the profit you know and it's you look at this and just being on the front lines of that every day i see how the car business has done it and i'm also looking at other industries as well and why wouldn't they capitalize on this? Even if there isn't a shortage, say there is, charge more, they're making more money. But it's that yeah. short-term thinking that's going to fuck us in the long term. I because, completely agree. Because they're also making the products lower quality. So now, if you're if you're spending $50,000 on a $30,000 truck because of a supply chain, but that $30,000 truck compared to a truck 15 years ago is actually only a $15,000 truck because it's only going to last half as long, yep. you've now spent more than three times, right? So 300% more than what you would have spent on this vehicle and and there's no you're not getting any value from it so then this person who's it will will never be able to get out of debt and the long-term issue of this is that the banks are going to end up having uh having to get bailed out again again and this is this is the unacceptable thing this is the, the part that i cannot stand behind whatsoever if we even come close to that i would encourage everybody to stop uh, paying your taxes no rob banks they're fully stop paying your taxes they're fully insured violence free don't hurt any of the people working there but but they in canada you're also not going in against armed people so you're more than fucking welcome to be a little bit intimidating i uh i i I, i'd hesitate on that personally but i think that we should definitely I, I'm talking like banks. extreme, extreme. Don't, yeah. uh, this is not something we do uh, next week because, you know, you, uh, a check bounced. I'm just yeah, saying. No. Like, if, <laughs> if, they, if things are getting to the point where it looks like the banks are... If we hear rumblings that the liberals are considering bailing out the banks or yeah. whoever's in power at the time that this happens, that's when when the people need to go, fuck you. Yeah. It's not happening. No, I, it's, We're never bailing completely... them out again. 
They're being completely irresponsible with the loans they give people. They're being completely irresponsible with the amount of money they leverage against what they have in coffers. Well, and it all comes back to the uh, the idea of where we're okay having the individual work for it, but don't fucking poison the well and make it impossible for them to do it. So you want people to invest? Fine. But then don't screw over the ratings on those investments. Don't make a fucking B investment look like a AAA rating, mm-hmm. right? You guys are poisoning the well and then wondering why we don't want to play ball anymore. Yeah. Like, it, it's... It's so interesting. Just wait till there's no cash on hand, and then banks are going to have lineups. Well, and I, I mean, like, I know that my parents are part of the generation of boomers that want to help. They want to do things to, to fix yeah. things. The problem is, is that there's a massive, massive portion of the boomer population that would rather, despite how bad it hurts them, to, to, that they're not getting where they want uh, or what they want out of, out of the system, they would rather look at the younger people and lash out than try and look at themselves at what they could have done better. That's every boomer, man. That's, I mean, not necessarily. There are quite a few boomers that are working towards it. I mean, Bernie is is not a lone wolf. He he does his best. Isn't he, like, older than a boomer? Like, I thought he was, like, silent generation, like my grandpa. Really? Yeah, I think he's not a boomer. I think he's older than a boomer, bro. Because he's, like, in the he's 70s. 70-something, yeah. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's but a isn't generation... But is that within boomer gen? I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not Because I think sure. boomer gen went until 1960. I think it was 40 to 60. Yeah, but he's seventy something. Yeah, but wouldn't that be? Yeah, but he was he, he born would be eighty one in... if he was born in nineteen forty. Hmm. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. He's um, prehistoric. He's, he's a old. pretty old guy. I'm but either just, way, I just, I either way, know. he's yeah. the, the kind of guy who's been working to undo the bad for stuff. Sure, and we for and sure. we have seen we have seen some people out there that have been trying to do it. But yeah, I would <sighs> say that they're definitely enough. in the minority for yeah. sure. And and that's a huge problem, right? Like I think that for those, if you're a boomer and you're listening to this and you're not and you've disagreed with what we've said. I, I think that Prove you, it. no, I think I think worse than that. I'm gonna I'm gonna get get you into the mind frame of thinking about what your parents and grandparents who actually went off to war and fought and sacrificed themselves for future generations. <laughs> Remember, this these were selfless acts. This was for future generations. That was a purely socialist approach. They were not doing it for themselves, they weren't doing it for their immediate family. They were doing it for Canada. Yeah. They were doing it for the future. What you did, these short term gains that you guys all profited off of. This was for you, for your family. Your selfishness is an absolute affront to what your parents and grandparents sacrificed themselves for. If you wear a poppy and you don't want to pay taxes, you deserve to get stabbed from that fucking poppy. (laughs) You are not a good person. And we need to change this. You need to get your head out of your fucking asses because we cannot fix it without you. My generation has 5% of the wealth and half of that is Zuckerberg. We're not doing shit. And half have, of it is 60% of us have a post sec. Like, it's insane. <laughs> the, the guy just, he's a tech geek who just called, changed his name, his company name to Meta. Do you know what Meta is in the tech world? The Meta, like the, the dark future that Isaac Asimov wrote about, which was when you get to a point where social media is your escape from actual reality it's the metaverse this is the darkest reality of the future and this fucker just changed his company name to it that's who has half of our wealth yeah so yeah we know we have some fuckers on our side that are horrible but just so you know you created the system that could get one fucker that wealthy so we need to change it and you guys you guys are, are at the front boomers we need your help to do it and you might not think that you can do much at a quarter million salary but a hundred of you guys are very, very, very powerful. And so we need you guys to band together and help us because a hundred of us might get that quarter million salary. We're yeah. all making fucking nothing next to you. Oh, it's true. We don't so, even get pensions, benefits, so retirement plans. If you, if you want to be in a retirement home, I can tell you right now, those are going to burn to the ground if my tax dollars are going towards them. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I'm not paying for any of you guys to go to fucking homes and you guys are going to be too geriatric to fight back at that point. Yeah. So make sure... That you guys are on the right Keep side of history because solid. we have a large population that's very, very, very bitter and, and very, off. very smart. Yep. So you get, you just, you know what? Play ball because yeah. uh, you, you have, you've disappointed both generations, your parents and grandparents, and you're going disappear- to uh, disappoint your children. Yeah. So we need to change this. And I'm not taking a shot at my parents. I love my parents and they've done a lot and they work their asses off. Yep. I'm just saying that there are people within their gen, people that are probably within their friend circle that uh, could definitely do a lot more. You know, I, I think that's that's indicative as to all these issues, the supply chain issues, the, the issues of fairness, the issues of just profitability mm-hmm. in general, uh, how they get their profits. It, it all ties back to 
people that age making the right changes yeah and doing it now not not thinking about it not having a fucking meeting going to your mood room and driving your mercedes to the country yeah taking a month off going off the grid fuck you and fuck your selfish interests get in your board meetings and figure it the fuck out yeah. oh it's going to cost you 10 percent more well guess what that means that 10 percent is going to stay in this country it's going to create jobs in this country we're going to have more tax revenue in this country so you can continue to make that 10% less for a longer period of fucking time. There you go. It's just short-sighted. It is. You know, the fact that we've sent most of our manufacturing sector to a country that literally forces prisoners to work, yep. uh, doesn't pay their people, has literal fucking... I, I looked it up. You're absolutely right. Outside of the Apple plants in China? Yeah. Fucking nets to catch people jumping out of windows. Oh, yeah. By the way, but before you just mentioned the nets outside of windows, every attribute you just were talking about, the horrible production side of China, played into the U.S. as well. Forcing their prisoners to work, not paying people uh, living wages. This is all the United States, too. This is, oh, for sure. That's the devolution, because the United States now, to compete it with China, also London has in the to 1800s. fucking hurt their people. You know, it was also industrial England. It was also yep. industrial France. Anywhere where profitability is put above the success of or the sustainability of the nation, yep. it always hurts the nation in the long run. Well, I heard that there was a great marketing trick that uh, that on leftist TikTok is starting to push. And they're like, every time you do a social media post that, want, that like, do this because of the economy, change the words the economy to uh, um, third people uh, or, or uh, rich people's third vacation home. So no, we can't we can't increase taxes on corporations because it's going to hurt third pit, <laughs> uh, rich people's third <laughs> vacation home. <laughs> and, nice. and so always, just every time you're talking about why you can't do something because it's going to hurt the economy, take out the economy, put in rich people's third vacation home. Yeah, man, no, and it's, uh, have fun with the messaging. You know, I, I think that's episode thirty. You know, you I think uh, I, I want to do a little special about in the bag. Uh, you know, maybe a few skills you should learn, maybe yeah. a few uh, things you should stack and why uh but uh at the end of the day guys uh this is friday uh saturday's around the corner then a glorious sunday and then back to work <laughs> what are we working for i don't know but hey thanks for tuning in yeah thanks guys have a great weekend